You're listening to a sermon podcast from Agape Baptist Church, recorded live from our Sunday service. Good morning. This morning's reading is taken from Acts chapter 4, verses 13 to 22. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning and the Lord bless you. Uh, If you're watching this live stream for the first time, let me welcome you to the Agape Church family. Thank you for tuning in to our Sunday worship service today. On your screen, there is a QR code. I would like to invite you to help us scan uh, so that we can connect with you. Well, thank you for doing that. Uh, We have a welcome gift for for you as our first-time visitor. Now, for those who are gathered in homes, will you once again reach out to somebody on your left and right and give them a high five? It is a privilege and joy to gather with other believers to worship on the Lord's Day. Would you now bow your hearts as we lift up to the Lord a prayer of thanksgiving and also a prayer to prepare our hearts for the message today. Let's pray. Gracious Father, we are thankful for the privilege to come together with others in our church community to worship you today. Your word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Lord, fill our hearts with your joy today. Lord, I pray that our fellowship will be sweet and we will come away mutually encouraged by one another. Father, prepare our hearts to receive your word. God, only you know that we need courage right now. We confess that often we do not base our courage on who you are and your promises to us. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you come now and illuminate your word to us. We ask that the truth of your word will shape us so that we will live courageously in Christ. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning is the last sermon in this series. Our aim in this series is to call you back to Christ by looking at His commitment, compassion, 
And this morning, we'll be looking at courage. There are times in life when we need someone to say to us, take courage or take heart. You know, just like this photo that I'm going to show you. You know, before you repel backwards over a cliff and you look down and it's a long, long way down and you've never done this before. And what you probably need at that time is a friend who has secured your rope to a rock to assure you, you will be okay. You know, just push off. You are secured to a rock. See, when we lack courage, we do need to hear someone say, take courage. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're facing an overwhelming situation. Maybe you were recently laid off or face an uncertain future. Perhaps you're facing a serious health challenge or you're not facing any life and death situation. Nevertheless, you may be going through a challenging season. So at one time or another, we all need to hear God say, take courage. I want you to listen to these words of Jesus that was spoken to the disciples in John 16, 33, who were about to face the most challenging time in their lives. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This morning, we want to consider what is courage, firstly. Specifically, what is Christian courage? What is Christian courage? Now, here's what John Piper has to say about Christian courage. He says that Christian courage is the willingness to say and do the right thing regardless of the earthly cause because God promises to help you and save you on account of Christ. That basically means that courage is what makes you willing to say and do the right thing even if you're going to be rejected and ridiculed because you believe that God will help you to face whatever comes. But Piper says that's not all. He says that Christian courage comes from our identity as sinners saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. You see, when we forget that we need the message about Jesus as much, if not more than others, our courage appears to others as mere arrogance. There is another thing I would like to say about Christian courage, and it is this. As disciples of Jesus, we need to have courage every day to be willing and faithful in whatever place and position God placed us in. Therefore, living courageously is not an option for Christian, but a daily necessity. Well, courage is not something we often hear about as Christians. If we were to think about the virtues of a godly Christian life, we might list purity, faith, love, self-control, and the various fruit of the Spirit, then we'll be right. But how many of us would think to mention courage. Yet courage is a daily necessity. Now I want to lead you today uh, through two things. First, I want to make three observations from our text today. And then I'm going to share with you three things that uh, as I reflected, as I think about living courageously. So first, the three observations. The first one is found in verse 13, the first part that says, they saw the courage of Peter and John. Now, who are the they referred to here? So they are the rulers, the elders, the teachers of the law, as well as the high priest's family. Now, these religious elites 
saw the courage of Peter and John while they were questioning them. Now here is the inside story of what actually happened. You see, Peter and John were seized by the captain of the temple guards while they were teaching and proclaiming the, resurre the resurrection of Jesus. And it came about because there was a miracle of a man crippled from birth being healed. And followed by Peter's preaching in Acts chapter 3 caused many to believe in Jesus. And that, was great, that greatly disturbed the priest. And so they sent an arresting party to arrest Peter and John. Peter and John spent the night in jail and the next day they were brought before a group of very annoyed and intimidating religious leaders. When they were questioned in Acts 4 verse 7, by what power or what name did you do this? And this was referring to the healing of a crippled man from birth begging at the temple gates. And you can read that account in Acts chapter 3 verse 6 to 8. Now Peter and John's courage was evident because of their faith in Jesus. Now, how do I know? Oh, listen to what Peter said to them from verses 8 to 12 in Acts chapter 4. Then filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you, builder, you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Peter looked them right in the eye and spoke without mincing his words. He displayed such courage. I don't know what Peter was thinking at that time, but I can imagine that Peter probably remembered the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 25. Jesus says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? The second observation is that Peter and John's courage came from being with Jesus. And that's found in the second part of verse 13. They took note that this man had been with Jesus. Now, I believe that it was more than just a recognition that they were with Jesus and they had been seen hanging around him. Given the context of this verse about their courage, I believe Luke was trying to say that these religious leaders noted that they have been taught by Jesus. You see, to the religious leaders, Peter and John were unschooled. That means that they had not been formally trained in the Torah. Well, they would have learned it as Jewish boys but they were not formally trained by some famous rabbi. In fact, they say they were ordinary men, meaning just that, ordinary. Yet, they spoke with such courage and conviction. Who taught them? I believe Jesus taught them by living courageously while he was with them. You see, they saw how he spoke with authority, how he resisted temptation and rebuked the religious establishment 
In fact, Jesus used Psalm 118 verse 22, which says the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. He used it to rebuke the chief priests and the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 21, verses 42 to 45. And now Peter and John use that same reference in Acts 4.11. No wonder they took note that this man had been with Jesus. Do you know that you too were taught by Jesus? You see, if you have been in church long enough, you would have heard hundreds, if not thousands of sermons from the teaching of Jesus. If you have been reading the Bible and praying, then you too have been with Jesus. That was how Peter and John grew in courage. And that is how we grow in courage today as well. If you want to grow in courage, spend time with Jesus. Courage comes out of communion. Courage comes out of communion. This is the third observation about courage and it's found in verse 20. Peter says, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Remember that those religious leaders did not know what to do with them. In fact, in verse 14, it says that there was nothing they could say. So they had to have a private conference in order to finally decide what to do with them. So they ordered them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. To which Peter replies, we cannot help but speak. We cannot help but speak. Now that got me thinking. The more time you spend, let's say, immersed in sports, or the more time you spend immersed in politics, or the more time you spend immersed in whatever it is, the more clearly you speak on that issue. You get bolder about those things. Why? Because you read more, you see more, you understand more, and so you speak more. We believe in the good news of Jesus. We have been changed by Him. How can we not say something? I believe that the more time you spend with Jesus, the bolder you will be to make Him known. See, unless we spend time with Jesus, we will not speak of Him clearly. We will not speak of Him loudly. It's only when we spend time with Jesus in prayer and in His Word that we will be able to speak of Him clearly and proclaim Him loudly. And like Martin Luther's hymn says, be willing to let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. I said at the beginning that living courageously is not an option, but a daily necessity. As I reflected about courage, three things came to my mind, if you like, three, three implications for courageous living. The first is this, living courageously requires faith in God. I don't know for sure if Peter and John were actually afraid when they faced the very people who orchestrated the betrayal and the crucifixion of Jesus. However, however, I know that courage does not mean the absence of fear. It was Nelson Mandela who said this, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. Basically, you can have fear and courage coexist. Courage is the willingness to act in spite of fear. To me, there's no contradiction. I want you to look at this photo. Do you think this is courage? 
Oh, the cat must be afraid of the dogs. But it still has courage to move even though it is, or it may be trembling on the inside. I want you to understand that courage is not trying to convince yourself by saying to yourself, don't be afraid, don't be fearful, be strong, be courageous repeatedly. No. The biblical understanding of courage is that we can count on God because it is faith in God that overcomes fear. And you can trace that through the Bible. Here, is some, here are some examples. The first one is from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. This is God speaking to Joshua. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God is saying, Joshua, you can be courageous. You do not need to be frightened because you can count on me. You can believe in me. I am the Lord your God and I am with you. The next verse is found in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. This is Moses speaking to the entire uh, people of Israel before they entered the promised land. He says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, the enemy. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Here's another one, but this time in the New Testament. It's found in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 to 6. And the Hebrews author was trying to say to the Christians, says, you know, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Church, to live courageously, you must have faith in God. Secondly, living courageously requires not only faith in God, but requires faithfulness. In the early church, Christians were persecuted for their faith. If you do not renounce faith in Jesus Christ, the emperor will send you, will send you to Especially not in Singapore. Nobody's going to send you to the lions today because you believe in Jesus. But in those days, they did. You deny Jesus, you get to live. If you will not deny Jesus, you will die a horrible death. And throughout church history, there have been men who had that backbone, the courage to stand and live strong for Jesus Christ, like Peter and John did in Acts chapter 4. It is true that today we may not be tested like the early Christian, yet courageous living is an everyday reality. Why? Because courage is in your every decision of life. For example, should I cheat or should I not cheat? Should I stay in this marriage or should I quit this marriage? Should I abort this baby who has genetic deformity or should I continue trusting God? Or if someone has wronged me, can I trust God? Can I be courageous to forgive him or her knowing that you know they might take advantage of me further? Can I be courageous? Oh, can I have courage today to surrender my life to Jesus Christ? Do I have the courage to give today for the work of God, not be fearful that He will not provide for me? Can I have courage today to be honest in my business dealings? Can I have courage not to be unequally yoked and to honour Him in my choice of partner? Church, courage is needed. Do you know why rivers are always winding? I learned that whenever the river hits a path of resistance, it always decides to go along a path of least resistance. The river goes where it is easy to go, and therefore, in the course of time, it's crooked and it's bending. 
Now, what if it is your life? Let's say whenever we hit a resistance, we go to do what is easy to do. Our lives end up crooked. But the core of the Bible is that we will not quit. We will not always choose the easy way, but we will be strong and courageous to observe, to do all that is written in God's Word. So, even if it is tough, courage says, I'll meet it right on. I'll go straight through. We live in a world that wants things easy. In fact, the mantra of this world is, whatever works, do it. But the Bible doesn't tell us to do whatever works. The Bible says to do whatever God said, to do whatever He commands. As Christians, we don't we don't just do whatever works. More importantly, we do whatever is true. You see, doing the truth is what is seemingly difficult, but it always works. I'm not sure if this is a true story, but I heard it from a doctor. There was a nurse who started work as an assistant in the operating theater. She was still under probation. One time she was helping a surgeon who was doing a surgery on a patient. After the procedure was done, it was time to sew everything up. So the nurse started to count the swaps. You see, in the operating theaters, the nurses have to always count the number of swaps. By the way, swaps are being used to dry up the blood. So if you don't count them, some may be left behind inside the patient and you can imagine the complications. So the nurse started to count the swaps. And then he turned to, and she turned to the, uh, the doctors and said, Doctors, uh, doctor, we used 20, but I have only 19. Now, the doctor says, don't worry, it's all right. I'm sure the patient will be fine. And the nurse says, no, we can't close up. We have 20 swaps, but we only, we only recovered 19 of them. Then the doctor says, hey, don't worry, don't worry. I'll take full responsibility for this. But doctor, you can't do this. The doctor says, yes, I can. You listen to me. No, you cannot. It's the patient's life at stake. Now, it's at that point where the doctor now, with a smile on his face, lifts up his foot and says, here's the 20th one. By the way, you're no longer on probation. Welcome to the team. You see, he was looking for someone who would do right and not do what is easy, or someone who will just cower under pressure. God is looking for men and women who are faithful. And it takes an absolutely strong person to live courageously, to live faithfully. Living courageously also renews the courage of others. After Peter and John were released, uh, they reported all that happened to the, to the believers. And the believers prayed, you know, and instead of cowering in fear, they prayed that God would enable them to be more courageous and to speak God's word with bonus. Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. There's this quote I want to share with you by Dr. Billy Graham. He says, Courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. This is a story told by uh, Dr. D.R. Moody in one of his sermons. There was this young man who came up against a powerful king. The king at that point in time had 3,000 men with him. The young man, however, had only 500, but he still came up wanting to attack the king. So the king sent a messenger to the young man and said, Young man, don't try. 
I have a huge army. If you surrender today, maybe I will even spare your life. The young man turned to one of his soldiers and said, take the dagger from your side and drive it into your heart. The soldier obeyed the young man, took the dagger and he drove it straight into his own heart. Then he said to another soldier, go to the cliff and jump over. The soldier obeyed, went over to the cliff, jumped over and ended his own life. Then the young man turned to the messenger and says, listen, I have 500 men like this who would not surrender but would rather die. Go tell your king we are coming for his head. The king did not confront this young man. Instead, he retreated with all of his soldiers. There is something powerful about courage. In a world that wants to intimidate us into compromise, God is calling his people to live strong, to live courageously. But this message is not pointing to us, but pointing to Christ, who is faithful and trustworthy. Courage is contagious. Whose courage inspires you? Let me tell you who is my hero, who has the courage to face the prospect of the worst kind of death. He is none other than my Lord Jesus Christ. He is the true hero. He is the one with true courage. It does not mean that Jesus did not fear when he had to go to the cross to die for the sins of the world. I believe he feared. He was in, in terrible emotional agony. But my Lord was not overcome by fear. He conquered his fear. He entrusted himself to the Father's hand. He had faith in God. And with a bold face, he went to the cross. For the Bible says in Hebrews 12, For who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And God raised Jesus up to the day. And now he's seated at the right hand of the throne room of God. Jesus was courageous for your sake. And he gave his life so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins and find eternal life. Would his courage inspire your courage today? People of God, Jesus is calling us to live strong and to live courageously for his glory. I want to invite you to bow your hearts with me as we turn to the Lord in prayer. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast. You can find more of our sermons online on our website at www.agape.org.sg.